it's your girl Rosa Sparks. Check out Dainty Thug every Wednesday to find out who I'm talking to, the latest in pop culture, while keeping it trill and dainty. Subscribe to Dainty Thug now, exclusively on the CSPN Media Network. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? You are really hired, Mr. Stark. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Hey, I am your host for tonight, Rodicat, and you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can also find me at NewsNurseNeed on Twitter, and you can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram, which needs to be updated. Uh, he's just gonna keep torturing me with that, folks. And the per- <laughs> and the person behind that said torture is Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. It's not funny. It gets the better sound effects, but at the same time, he's in Brooklyn. What can you can't really. <laughs> You know, when you're from Brooklyn, you kind of got to call it out. So I understand. You know? I understand totally. <laughs> uh, you know, like every borough has its own, except for, well, depending on Manhattan, you know, like there's lyrics that shot out Manhattan, but no real, you know, like yeah, artists. Who cares about Manhattan? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, the, the, there's, there's artists that shot out four out of the five boroughs. So. It's true. It's true. That's best way. Yeah, even Queens does. Uh, Queens got yeah, a couple. Queens, of Queensbridge, so, yeah, you know, us. Yeah, true, true, true. Tr- tribe. So yeah, yeah. Long LL. Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Anyway, not with us tonight from any of those those boroughs. Um, age. Excuse me. No, you're here. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. You can also find him at PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and his umbrella site therein. <laughs> And also, which now that I think about it, if we don't find something for Tim, uh, I got a couple of ideas myself because Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, you can find him at that on Twitter. Also, uh, Click Nation on Twitter, D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, also DClickNation.com, CB Cron, which is the uh, Twitter account for this program. And you can also find him at Comic Book Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. Because, you know, uh, another place that has a not, no shortage of play, uh, shout outs is Atlanta, which he's not technically there, but he's close enough to where you could do right. that. <laughs> right, and, I'm not going to presume to choose one for him. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think I got a, I think I got a couple uh, in mind if, if we don't hear from him on that one. But until that happens and he comes back on the show, whenever that should be, should that be, um, you can find this here program at uh, Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. You can also find it at uh, the Ghost Letter Podcast Network's SoundCloud page and also Spotify. 
And of course, you can also find this here program on the network of the of the people. I'm just not, I don't even know how to do that one, but CSPN.us, Coles of the Podcast Network. Do it today. Exactly. We gotta come up with something pithy for them. Well, actually, we already got that, so it doesn't matter. Um, we are here. We're going to talk comic books tonight, and we're going to start off as we do every week with the big book of the week. Well, sometimes we don't, but you know what? This week, we start off with the big book of the week, that being Powers of X, or a.k.a. Powers of Ten, mm-hmm. number five. That's right. Powers of Ten, number five. Uh, we lead off this issue with um it's a shout out to uh, you know some older stories uh of the x-men we're talking you know like early 80s where stuff was set in dallas texas mm-hmm. and once that setting once that 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 caption that 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 um that uh that setting was placed i was like oh i know exactly who this is about wait and then going from there yeah, Dallas, Texas, because that's that? where it's it's the it's it's the um, it's the first page of uh, character interaction. Okay, because I thought it was in Paris. No, Dallas, Texas. So right. it's and the conversation. Spoiler alert, um, because I know there's still people out there who have not watched. So spoiler alert, because we're going to jump right into it in three, two, one. Spoiler bell. <laughs> The conversation between Professor Xavier and Forge, mm-hmm. right? So as soon as they say Dallas, Texas, I'm oh like, right, there. I was thinking of later with uh, no, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's right, another right, conversation, right. Yeah. right? So the first conversation is between Professor X and Forge, and if you're familiar at all with the character of Forge, you know that he was based out, based out of Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. His airy, his source, his 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 source of power was based in Texas. So, um, you know, for fans of um, Life, Death, and of uh, Fall of the Mutants, the X-Men version will be familiar with that setting. And once I saw that, even before my eyes wandered to the rest of the page, I was like, oh, this is what's happening. And we learn more about Forge and Professor X and Forge making Professor X's uh, plans a reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is basically um, coming from last week where we find out that uh, Cerebro has a secondary function and now we get the logistics of that basically from right. this conversation oh, and, the, uh, and the, the pages thereafter. Right. So the functionality of Cerebro has changed over time. And, uh, you know, as, as Roddy Cab mentioned, we found out about that. Um, Last week in uh, was a House of X, House of X, yeah, number five. So we find out about that, and uh, you know it plays a very big role in uh, the events of that issue. And we find out how that came to be at the beginning of this issue. The next thing that we see is in the next time jump, um, as Powers of Ten is wont to do, is kind of uh, follow parallel, uh, not parallel, but follow um, future story, future and past storylines. Uh, or future and past futures and pasts that involve events that uh, shape uh, the events in uh, this event. So what he's referring to is um, a meeting in Paris that shapes um, the foundation of the mutant country in Krakoa. 
And also, there's a weird shades of um, cinematic, um, well, sort of cinematic. Let's face it, because if if it were truly were, it, this would be Mystique they were talking to, rather than Emma Frost. But there wasn't Emma Frost in in X Men movie continuity. Well, which, right? well, there was, but they, they they didn't have Jennifer Lawrence play her. So right, you know, that's what I'm saying. That, that's why. That's this. what was driving the story. Oh, shots fired! Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> But you can also see if you read this issue, you can kind of see some of that still being played about with just with a different character. Sure. Um, but the but the other two key characters being there, that being uh, Charles Xavier and Magneto, properly. But yeah, so basically, we get to find out in this little snippet um, how Emma Frost gets brought into the fold and her role as we have seen, you know, in the forming of the government. Uh, or at least uh, how she came to get her role that we've already seen her in in, during the course of this uh, miniseries. Sure. So, you know, as we've seen, um, uh, Emma has a a, a big say in some of the things that are going on. We also see here that, uh, you know, this is all part of um, Xavier Magneto's plan to bring in every mutant under their Krakoa umbrella, not just the quote-unquote good, but also the bad, and uh, bringing in some of their um, various enemies, including the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so which means that pretty much most of the pieces of this whole thing has either been brought, has been brought up and explained by now, which I say in my notes, <laughs> Hickman has explained everything except for that's not entirely true because there's like one or two little pieces that haven't been explained yet. One right. of which being, uh, Charles, the one version of Charles Xavier, um, doing his maker comps cosplay, which I assume we're going to get into that. And I know there's a prevailing theory as to, um, as to that going around, which has yet to bear out, but kind of possibly seems that has a little bit of credibility to it. I don't know if it's going to bear out that way. Uh, okay. Because there is someone that we haven't seen in a few issues that has been a major part of what's all this going on. Um, that may have something to do with that. Not sure. We will. Um, we may find out in the next couple of issues or maybe not. Who knows? But yeah, but um, for the most part, like I said, we get um, Emma's involvement and then we cut to, like uh, Agent 70 said, the bringing together of all the the mutants, including one cameo by one um, current iteration of Namor, which seems to be potentially leading credence as to where this part is being set. Or at least to the part where he um, where he comes in is being set. So this is, you know, uh, at that point I believe it is still the ten years in the future, which was basically current time, I guess you could say. Right. We're just not sure how that fits into the Invader story or any of the Marvel stories at that point. However, there right. is another there is another uh, book this week that kind of maybe possibly mentions something weirdly enough, um, or at least. Seems to have a reference to it. We don't know if that's the case or not. Like I said, there's that's the whole big prevailing question nowadays. Like, how does this play with the rest of the Marvel universe? Um, whether it does, 
to a big extent or whether like, hey, this is basically one big retcon that hasn't been borne out into the Marvel, the, the whatever that history of the Marvel Universe thing right. that's going on right now. Or will it ever? Who knows? Um, like I said, there, there are some unanswered questions on that. But hey, well, I'm sure at some point Hickman will <laughs> Hickman will tell something mm-hmm. and crew. Right. And we're still, we still have yet to see how this whole phalanx stuff is supposed to play out as well. Yeah. There's a lot to finish up in the next two issues in House of in in House of X, number six and powers of ten, number six, where we still have to see a lot of things uh kind of settle before we move into the Dawn of X stuff. Well, except for maybe we might not though, because who knows if whether specifically this phalanx stuff is gonna bear out during the Dawn of X stuff. You know, when they start rolling out the books. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, some of the stuff that could be very well leaving for that. Right. Some of the stuff that we're seeing is definitely going to be settled beforehand, but yes. some of it after, such as, um, uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, unfortunately, we do see solicitations for books. So we know what some of the books are about, like Marauders. You know, they do have to try to sell these books ahead of time to people. Um, and we kind of understand what that book is about and how that may co- how the events of um, House of X and Powers of Ten may roll into that. I hope we do because that book that book particularly seems rather. <laughs> no, I, I was about to say there, one. there's some spoilers that hit online that I'm not going to reveal, but involving um, who else is going to end up on this um, Quiet Council? Sure. And I think that's going to play a role in um, uh, what that Marauders book is about, like uh, like being on the high seas and who's right. involved in that book as well. Right. So. And I guess, yeah, we should also point out that, yeah, we definitely get, uh, as well as um, Emma Frost's uh, involvement in the council, we see a chart where there's a bunch of, a few other names, like some, some are already filled out, like Charles Xavier, Magneto, uh, Emma Frost, and I think Sebastian Chauvelin, I don't remember if it was or not, regardless. But there are a couple of names on that list uh, on the council and then a whole bunch of that are not. I feel like, though, we have a decent idea of at least a couple of the names that's going to be on that list. Sure. Like the third one, the the, the, the third with um, Charles and, and um, Charles and um, Magneto, I'm going to suspect it's Mar- Moira. We don't know that for certain. But- yeah, we don't know for sure. But like I said, there are spoilers out there. I'm warning everyone now that uh, there are spoilers for this page out there. Right. Um, you know what the what the redacted parts are. Right. So everybody now. Like I feel like Apocalypse and um, Sinister may possibly. You know, we like said this is all speculation because we don't next know. But that's, this is probably some of the stuff that's going to come out in right. the next issue, next couple of issues. But you know, it's all speculation at this point. But it's like some some of the names seem kind of like yeah, okay, you, sure. Makes sense. But that being the case, um, I'm not sure what else is there. Oh, yeah. There was a there was a reference to primordial uh, Kerbins. Oh, yeah. I did which, see that. Which I like that. I was like, okay, uh, nice to get that Kirby nod in there. Yep. That was cool. So uh, right before we get to the, the, the failing stuff. So outside of that, you know, that's pretty much how this book's rolled. This book rolled out. Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it because sometimes it's like, okay, well, questions come up in one book and then the next the next book seems to have the answers to them and introduce more answers, which may or may, or may not get introduced in 
you know, the, the, the next book. Right. So, but I've been enjoying that so far. Um, this is not as, let's say lengthy a start off. I, I would imagine you could safely say that, um, Hickman has learned from <laughs> his, uh, his, uh, time on Avengers. Not to say that that was bad because it was great stuff there, but you know, I know there have been some folks who's like, okay, there's more exposition than action. Those folks, you know, which personally I enjoy it because it's like, hey, some of the exposition is can be just as good as action as, as it as far as it moves the story along. Right. Sometimes you need to be able to fill in the gaps without you know taking up a ton of extra space. You know, yeah. one page that fills in all the gaps is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some anime manga like manga like fashion that that mm-hmm. is also I don't know if that is indeed a, um, something he was going for, but it seems like it to me. I'm with it. Anyway, that is uh, Powers, Powers of Ten number five. I think we've like un- until we get to House of X next week. <laughs> that's pretty much all we got to go on right now. Right. <clears throat> and I think right. what, we're coming down to the last two, two, three issues, right? Yeah, two. Two issues, yeah. Six. Two issues. So. Yep. Both six, both number six issues. Mm-hmm. So. So, um, moving on to our next book, um, Prison Bartlett. What's next? How about Avengers number 24? How about Avengers number 24? Um, so yeah, I don't, mm, I don't know. I enjoyed this issue, but at the same time, it was like, it felt like, and as much as I hate to say this, as much as things happened, it's not a whole lot that happened. What it is. And I think we've, I've mentioned this, or we've mentioned this in previous, uh, reviews of earlier Avengers books. Now that we know that, thanks to solicitations that there's a ghost riders book coming up. I think this is a clear launching point yes. into the new ghost riders, uh, ghost rider, uh, title. And we have a lot of information filled in, um, about what is happening, uh, in hell with Robbie Reyes and Johnny blaze, as well as, um, the plot to send, Cosmic Ghost Rider to the Avengers, to Avengers Mountain, and to uh, wreak havoc there. Right, which as as tends to happen, was basically a one part of a one big misunderstanding. As tends to happen, and then that gets sure. ironed out and gets righted. But at the same time, on the other side of this, we have the whole um, uh, race of the Ghost Riders thing. Where pretty much everybody, you know, everybody's rooting for Robbie, with the exception of Johnny, mm-hmm. you know, who, as apparently in this book, you know, was not being totally truthful as to his reasonings, or at least according to the other writers, his reasonings for needing Robbie's power, you know, but at the same time, still doing what he needs to do to try to get it. And yeah, like I said, we're, we're seeming like this is leading up to what's going to be the crux of uh, Blazes and Catch's book um, forthcoming. Right. We won't know that until, you know, like to, to this end, which I'm assuming is going to be another issue or two. Right. I think at least another two issues. Mm-hmm. Going into December. Because I think, no, going into November, because I November. think their new book is in November. Right. So, yeah, that's, 
pretty much that though, because it's like there's, I mean, you know, you you got to team up with Thor and Thor and She Hulk again, and that's that's a cool thing. And you know, T'Challa has this nice little, hey, I'm ready for this moment with uh, just <laughs> when they go to fight Cosmic Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. So that that's always good. But outside of that, it's like, yeah, you got the race, then you got the 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 um, clearing up the of the misunderstanding. So next up, which wait, did you read Strike Force? I did because we can kind of go right on into that, even though they have nothing to do with each other, save okay. for the fact that uh, Blade is there. Well, Blade and one other person that shows up uh, is there. Sure. So this is one of those uh, books that made you say, "Hmm." Yeah, because. You know, none of us really understood what the point of this was, and um, it's still not 100% clear, but at least we have an idea of what the story is. Right. Yeah. So, and as with um, a few books of recent note, this one kind of comes, albeit seemingly kind of late, but not really, um, after and coming off to coming off of war of the realms right it draws upon elements from the war of the realms and parts of the 10 realms not necessarily directly out of the events right more like fallout from the fallout sure of, of an event in there from uh, according to this and i would imagine that's probably the first that's probably going to be that's the obviously the thing that puts this team together and you know make up of the first arc um should this book, you know, last? And I'm not saying whether it should or shouldn't, because I, I, in, I like Tenny Howard's writing. She's she's pretty dope. Uh, the the art in this has been pretty good, but it's it seems a weird mashup of a team. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not an Avengers team. That we should go ahead and put that out there. Uh, however, <laughs> most of the people that are on this team are either Avengers or are either Avengers associates of Avengers. Um, Except or connect the two in Avenger. Yes, exactly. So there is that. I said the first thing I said in my notes was like, is this the new first force works? But there's none of that. <laughs> there was none of that. All right, we're leaving because you we don't, you know, there was no division of the Avengers that, that caused the rift that caused this other team to come into being. In fact, uh this team was formed because of um one them being associated to the to to the Avengers and them not wanting the Avengers to be involved with what's going on in this book because of the implications of what could happen if they did become involved, right? Which I thought I'm like, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I'm like, well, wait, if Blade, you're already a part of the Avengers, you kind of. You know, and that was it's kind of too late from that, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, I guess I get it. If anybody was going to be the one to kind of go off and do something like that, it'd be him because he was already right. kind of a loose part of this, this current adventure team in a way, right? And what's funny is that the way it's, it's, it's we're trying to figure out how this plays, where this plays in relation to the current story in Avengers because right. the the guest appearance, the cameo appearance at the end <laughs> of the issue is from someone who was just in the Avengers book. Mm-hmm. And which is why I wanted also why I wanted to bring this up. Cause clearly I, I would like to believe that this probably falls somewhere after the current storyline. Right. 
but who knows? Exactly. There's no way to know. It's just a weird, weird set of circumstances. Right. Especially what happens to said person at the end of this, uh, potentially what potentially happens for this person at the end of sure. the book. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, um, it's a head scratcher on that one. Outside mm-hmm. of that, like I said, it's, it's an interesting team makeup. <laughs> it's true. Um, for what it is, how the legs, how long the legs are going to be on this thing. I don't know. But, um, if we go by the, the back of the book, I'm just going to go ahead and say, trust her. Like, like she says. Right. As long as you're in, in, as long as you're intrigued by the choice of characters and the premise of the story, it's, you know, it's an easy sell to be, uh, you know, to be on board for the next issue. I'm not a hundred percent sold, mm. uh, but you know, it, it's our gig to review books. So, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at the next one. <laughs> yeah. Like part of, part of me is like, okay, like I said, force works. There's, there's, there's for some strange reason, gave me shades of that. And it also gave me shades of X force. Right. I think, yeah, I, I definitely saw X force. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the name. So strike force, X force. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, strike force being also a, a, um, video game, you know, a Marvel game, video game, which has no, probably nothing to do with this. Actually, I know it has nothing to do with what's going on in this book, but regardless, right. Similarly named, uh, regardless, I'm sure they drew some, something from there anyway. Um, yeah, like that. We'll see. I don't know. Well, um, that was another book that actually, um, so it was like, there was X Force, there was Force Works, and there was something else that it kind of reminded me of. And, I'm not sh- and now I'm drawing a blank to what it is. Because it was another, like, oh, um, shoot. The Warren Eddles book, where uh, Captain Marvel, where uh, Monarch Rambo was leading. Why do I not know this? Because I love that book. Oh, I'm just blanking. I'm blanking. I know, me too. Um, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Are you looking it up? Yep. Okay, let me not duplicate your effort. Um, next wave. Next wave. It's, it's, there it's, it is. It's not Survey that says. It's not that tongue in cheek as X wave. Uh, next wave. And yeah. But, you know, but like I said, there is still, there's some things that's like, huh, the makeup of this team is like, kind of put me in mind of that. Like people you wouldn't think to be working together are for whatever odd reason. But anyway, that is Strike strike Force number one. Sure. Um, Black Panther number 16? Yeah, sure. Only because I think that's the last book that we have in common. Uh, that sounds right, actually. Yeah. So, um, all of the events in space have come back to Wakanda, essentially. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, the, the Njaraka, uh, from space, because it's not the Njaraka from earth, um, from space seems to be melded with a symbiote and has moved from host to host. Um, as I mentioned, the threats from space have followed to Wakanda, except Storm is around as backup. And apparently she's on break from Krakoa duty. See, yeah, that's, that was the other thing. It was like, okay, where is, and I've said this before in relation to this book and that, and, and that stuff was like, where is this, where is this in relation to that? But 
Yeah, that's this is not the other book that I said had a reference. Regardless, um, yeah, you know, hey, Storm's badass. She came in under clutch, 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 and uh, <laughs> cleaned up some of the some of the stuff. But yeah, she cleaned up a big mess. Yes, but at the same time, um, the uh, as uh, I did underscore seventies said, you know, there's the the symbiote that has come to Earth and. Um, has taken over a figure in the Black Panther book. And also, um, it seems as if Coates, as, as I'm, my notes kind of say, Coates is kind of starting to clean up, uh, clean up some of the stuff that he is, he has brought into the world. Because in this issue, we find out that, hey, um, this, um, the, the, the Jalia, which is the, the, um, afterplane. Right. Uh, it looks like uh, they're trying to get rid of it. Or it has to. It has to go now. And I'm assuming that uh, you know the symbiote and that is going to play together into the endings of uh, ending of such things. And it looks as also though that, um, like I said, because of the the um, Wakanda two stuff and uh, what is going on on Wakanda Prime. Hmm. You know, it's all going to either be coming together and or settled in some sort of way in the next few issues. So we will see how that's going to turn out. You know, like I said, but it does look like like Coach is starting to put some putting some toys back in the on the shelf, or maybe moving into the next phase of his story. Well, yeah, I mean, what's that? The, the two can be. You know, because right. yeah, he's putting the toys up so he can start up something else. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not saying what couldn't be from the other. Yeah. So, but, you know, we will see. Um, we will see at the uh, end of this uh, this arc. Definitely, for sure. Yep. All right. Uh, you got something to throw out there? Um, yes, actually, because Marvel Team Up number six. You did not read this? Skimmed it. Okay. So, this... Uh, the only the only other reason why I bring this up because this is the end of this um this uh team up of right. uh, Captain Marvel and uh, Kamala aka Miss Marvel, where it seemed like this most of this time uh, Kamala's kind of been taking a side seat, more like a, a a you know a sidekick role in this one's more like kind of being a voice of reason as opposed to the head of it. But at the same time, I mean you know. It kind of also makes sense because, of like, well, that's her, that's her, you know, mentor. So why not? But it, uh, but this is also the book where Moira McTaggart actually gets some props in this issue because there was a, a section where it was like some the aliens were talking. Well, the so the um, the strike force that comes for uh, Captain Marvel's friend Walter Lawson. Which, if if you know anything about uh, Carol's lore, you know you know what that name means. Sure. Um, so the 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 strike force that comes after him, uh, they basically before the the action starts, then <laughs> there's a joke about uh, well, there's only one mind that could you know was able to to go against the Kree or something like that, and then the aliens start naming off people mm-hmm. you know, like Tony Stark. Reed Richards, Mara McTaggart, which, again, like I said, because she's being referenced here, means kind of could potentially have some implications coming from the X books. The X, uh, sure. Book. 
So that could also mean that, hey, whatever's going on in this could be actually bleeding into the Marvel Universe. I mean, the Marvel Universe at large, we don't know. So, but I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting take. I mean, an interesting reference to make. But outside of that, you know, there's a, there's a, um, there's a fight. There's a, um, like I said, there's kind of a movie reference in here in the choice of uh, Strike Force team that happens to come after the crew, but then it all gets settled out, except for it kind of looks like it leaves something on the table for someone else to pick up, pick up because after the fight, you know, there's a little wink and a nod to, to from um, this Lawson person. Uh, oh, sure. Which, yeah, which means that, hey, the, <laughs> this person could come back up causing some issues later on somewhere down the line. Right. Or not. We don't know. Like I so said, there's been a couple of books uh, this week that seem to have some things that will probably be picked up on at a later date. Sure. So um, this is the last issue of Marvel Team Up in this volume. Is it? Um, it is because I was looking at the solicitations for December and it's not there. They're actually publishing um, the trade for issues one through six in December. Interesting. And the solicitation for the trade is it's a Miss Marvel team up book. Right. Because it's a Marvel team up, you know, like, you know, uh, hence the Marvel team up book. Right. Which, yeah, at, coming into this thing, we did not know whose book it was going to be because of who right. we started with. But yeah, we quickly. But now it's solicited. It right. Exactly. Now they've, they're explicitly saying it's a, it's the Miss Marvel team up book. So. Right. So, which makes sense because, like I said, she's, you know, hey, sure, why not? It's a new era. <laughs> and she's popular enough why not um so yeah so that is that and um well but it, it does sound like there is not like ending ending it's just like the end of this volume right from what you saw mm, well they're at least no I think they're ending this book um oh. huh. yeah I think they're ending this book I don't know if they're going to come back in January Right. But uh, it seems like the first six issues of this series are what comprises the trade paperback. Per use. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll see. But that'd be a shame to end it that quick. But at the same time, hey, I guess it, the number. Yeah, we don't know what the sales have been through the six issues. So. Right. So. All right. Um, all right. Uh, you want to just throw out one book each and then we'll go into rapid fire? Sure. Go for it. All right. Um. What can I talk about at length? Um, Ghost Spider number two. Uh, I wanted to call. I wanted to say uh-huh. uh, Spider. I know. I saw you doing it. Um, Gwen's navigating her first few days, first few weeks as a college student. Still, let me change that because we have seen a couple of. I think the the Gwen the Spider the Ghost Spider annual that came out had. Uh, um, Gwen um, with some um, friends that she had made in school. So she's, uh, you know, navigating her way uh, as a college student in the 616 uh, ESU, including making new friends who are not at all what they seem. Um, The Miles Warren of the 616 has focused upon this latest version of Gwen and has set plans in motion. Uh, I continually gravitate to this book because of the beautiful art by Takeshi Miyazawa. It's just a lot of fun to look at, and it and it's a lot of fun to read. So I definitely recommend this book wholeheartedly. 
Sean right. and Maguire's doing a bang up job. I was about to say, so yeah, and the writing of the book seems, doesn't seem that bad either because yeah, she's she's been doing some pretty good work from what I understand. Right, and it's a great it's a great way to pick up the ball from the previous volume, which had you know outed uh, Gwen in uh, Earth sixty five. So you know it's it's kind of, it's it's kind of an inelegant solution. You know, by having her be a, you know, a, a college student in a different dimension, but they've worked their way around it to make it work. I suspect that's probably not going to be that way for long. Like she's she's probably going to fully end up in six one six, possible, or maybe possible. she ends up going back to six to five, and I don't know. But you know, it, I feel like that's kind of the way they're they're going with this. It's like, hey, just put her halfway, and then just kind of bring her in slowly. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what do you got? What's next? Well, let's go back to the Avengers train real quick. Actually, no, 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 Wait, no, 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 uh, under she siege when um, the mansion got taken over by the the the, um, the masters of evil. Okay, so this is set right after that, right? Like, like pr- directly right after that. I mean, it is Roger Stern exactly, <laughs> and with the, exactly, and and with the um, classic creative team of that run. So obviously, you know, siege being one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite arcs of the the Avengers. Uh, you know, uh, oh, I had to check this out, especially with the 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 the, the creative team that was on it in the first place. Now, it was Roger Stern and John Buscema. Yep, back then. Unfortunately, John Buscema is not with us anymore. Right, but still, yeah, at least got half of it. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> you you didn't have a chance to check this out, have you? No, I didn't. Sorry. Yeah, no, no big, no big. Um. So yeah, like I said, it's set. It some of it makes sense, but at the same time, it also does that thing where they make a reference to something that wouldn't have been around that time. So, okay. so in other words, Avengers two seventy seven was done two years before the Batman movies, before the Michael Keaton Batman movies specifically, mm-hmm. and yet there was a reference to Keaton, Val Kilmer, and Cooney Clooney. Oh, okay, okay. A little bit of time warping. Yes, which I, I, I kind of hate that, but at the same time, it's like, okay, that's amusing. Like I said, this is not the first one of these that have done this. Mm-hmm. In fact, there is another, uh, matter of fact, the next book I'll talk about when we do Rapid Fire does the same thing. Uh, but outside of that, like the, the story's kind of neat. Like I said, it kind of takes up right after um, Siege, so the, the defenders are cleaning up the mansion. Tony Stark gets called in because the mansion got messed up, and and at the time, Jarvis got you know got hospitalized as well as the Black Knight, but nobody cares about him. So you know, so there's a little bit of uh, you know seeing in on the people around Jarvis and the people around him because he at the time he is still laid up in the hospital. You know, in a real bad way, but obviously he gets better. You know, later on. Uh, so you so you get that part of that team along with Iron Man, who at the time was on the West Coast, um, 
but like I said, gets called in because of because of what happened to the mansion. And then they get set off on an adventure that has to do with Loki because Loki goes off to find a power source because he was kind of watching some watching things go by. And you know, he he gets uh, set to find some more power, and then the Avengers get called in because he goes missing or something like that, and then they go and basically help him out with also the help of Doctor Strange, which you also see on the cover. So, and this is pretty much a one and done adventure. However, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because um, sometimes these books have a tendency to introduce something that will probably come up uh, in an event more specifically, I believe coming up soon. And I'm fairly certain that something that, that uh, came up in here is going to come back. Um, I'm putting, I would almost put money on that something in here is going to come up in that incoming event that is supposedly happening in uh, in um, December, which is the cosmic, uh, whatever that mm-hmm. a cosmic event coming up. I It just feels that way because I don't feel like they would have done an issue like this and kind of just thrown something out there for no apparent reason. To not have it. Right. To not, not have it come up. Right. And again, there is another issue. There's another book this week that kind of does a similar thing that I feel like is also doing a same thing. Okay. But regardless, it's a nice little one and done story, you know, set between set um, in the time of a classic arc. And I, and I enjoyed it just for that much. So you, you may get, you may get some similar enjoyment out of it. The one other thing that kind of tripped me out is the, from the first page, you see Loki without his uh, helmet. Right, mm-hmm. and you see what seems to be either his hairline or uh, some kind of cloak, because I don't know if that's how his his costume ran, but it's basically like his hairline goes down into his costume. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that might be like a little quirk in coloring, a little um, bit. So it was kind of funny. It was like, yeah, you need to you need to get your barber on that, cause or because I know there was a couple of times where you know he has had like some kind of like real close kind of hoodie type thing on his on his thing oh, head on his head. But, right. No. Yeah. He had um the uh, I'm scrolling through this now. Um, he had kind of like this weird little like kind of Mercury uh style helmet on. Right. And uh, it, yeah, it was a black um. Uh, neck, but he just had black hair. You right. know, like if you go back to the uh, Thor issues from that era. So right. So and I've really seen Loki without his. You know, like there's there's been a few, very few times where I've seen him without his um his helmet on or a helmet on or something. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was like that's weird looking, and I know it was either a coloring thing or you know they were trying to uh, <laughs> they were trying to make it out to be something that it wasn't. Which, gotcha. like you said, is um, the, a hair, a head thing. So. Yep. yep. All right. Regardless, so that is that is that. Like I said, it is a nice little one and done, and then I, I feel like there's implications there that that are that'll probably come up at some point. Yeah. All right. So let me spin up uh, rapid fire. We'll get through the rest of the books. Mm-hmm. All right. Rapid fire, folks. I've only got a few left. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 30. It's kind of hard to figure out what's going on in this crossover issue uh, for absolute carnage. It's a mix of a flashback between Kindred, a.k.a. Caterpillar Man. That's only my a.k.a. 
um, and Norman Osborn in R- Ravencroft Institute, and a battle between Spidey and the Carnage symbiote with Norman as a host. So, you know, it, it's kind of one of those weird in-between crossover issues. Um, not sure exactly what we're supposed to get out of it. Are you actually reading that uh, event? No. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm behind by like two of the crossover main titles. Right. The, the main, the main uh, miniseries. So um, uh, I've not read a single crossover issue that didn't cross over. That wasn't like a, a book I'd, I normally read, like Amazing. Sure. So I know there's like a Lethal Protectors miniseries and right. the Scream miniseries. I haven't read any of those. Right. Yeah. And that was the reason why I didn't read this because it was a crossover Right, it's issue. a pretty it's it's a pretty uh, wide spanning crossover too, so it's mm-hmm. a little intimidating um, to get into. Uh, let's see, Captain America number fourteen, the Daughters of Liberty and Commander Rogers are on the trail of the Watchdogs, who are still working in um, crimes that are ripped from present day headlines. This one is human trafficking. Uh, Ragnarok number two. This is an uh, this is an IDW book. Uh, it is uh, written and drawn by Walt Simonson, uh, lettered by John Workman, colored by Laura Martin. Uh, this is uh, a new take on Norse mythology and the mythology behind Ragnarok. Um, in this issue, Thor is making his way into Helheim, aka Hell, um, with a plan to confront the new leader who has usurped the throne from Hela. Um, who is apparently nowhere to be seen. So I think that wraps it up for me this week. All right. And for myself, uh, we have, as I said earlier, the other book that um, uh, that's kind of like that Avengers one that I just talked about. And that would be New Mutants, War of Children, number one. So this, it doesn't necessarily give a time frame of where this lands. However, you can place it because um, uh, there is a reference to the Impossible Man at the end of this issue. And um, so we know it's around roughly, actually, weirdly enough, is around the same time frame as that Avengers book. It's, it's some, somewhere back in 87, if 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 that is to go by anything. But the premise of the book is um, Warlock is kind of afraid because his of his destiny. He's, you know, either destined to become the, the Magus or, you know, he and his friends get decimated by them. You know, it, that is the storyline that has happened throughout the New Mutants. And this is a story where basically Warlock kind of fears for his life, but causes some things to happen, which causes some other things to happen. And the teams ends up fighting something and partially losing, but then gain, but then, you know, a couple of the, the, the members have to step up and, save the day basically it's an Mm -hmm. interesting read but this is also something like i said earlier where something happens that seems to be a throwaway but at the same time like they even say well hopefully you know basically iyana aka magic ends up uh, teleporting something away and says that, well, yeah, I put, teleported it far enough away to where it won't cause any harm to anything or anybody, I hope. Hmm. Which means that, you know, I feel fairly confident that that's going to come up at some time somewhere soon. Um, And then, like I said, the rest of the issue is just kind of what it is. And, uh, you know, the 
this and actually it's the new mutants and Kitty Pride. I should point that out because at one point, like I said, they're kind of all together and Kitty's there, and then they have to suit up, and then Magic snaps their all suits together, which puts uh, Kitty into the 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 classic new mutants uh, costume, and she's she's not too pleased about that, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, this is this is really intense. Sinkevich art. Exactly. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Oh, the art, wow. it, yeah. It is like really, I don't want to say sharp is probably not the word for it, but Sinkevich it is. But at the same time, it's tense. Yeah. It's kind oh, of, it, it, which makes it kind of hard to suss out some things in a, at, um, in certain spots. Like for the more, like, like it is, I don't want to say jarring, but if you know Sinkevich's art, you know, then you know how it kind of runs. But at the same time, like this kind of goes a, a little step over, even for him, you know, like it's good art. But at the same time, it's like it kind of makes it. I was about to say, yeah, there's some people who may not be fans of this, right. but there's it's definitely, you know, the, the, it's wow. It's powered up right there. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Pretty much. So that that being said, on there's also some uh, Ditko imagery in a panel or two. So there is there is that. Um, like I said, it's also another one and done story that, like I said, seems to have some implications somewhere down the line. I'm sure, sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't bring it up. Uh, let's see, Star Wars: Age of Resistance, Kylo Ren number one. This is another one of those kind of. Hey, this is a story from the from the past of you know of a character type of situation i'm not sure why i ended up reading it because that well i do know because i did say i was going to start reading these books again for some other reason not that there's a bunch of mod i could just blow through uh so the short and skinny of this one is like kylo and the uh, battalion of the first uh, order are basically going up against some folks that vader has dealt with and their quote-unquote god um and of course hey they get the better of it. So, which is implications abound for, you know, whatever Kylo is or was to be. Mm-hmm. Take it for what it is. Um, the last one, Transformers Galaxy is number one. So, uh, this is pretty much set in the past. Well, most of it's set in the past. So, it was basically, it's the construction cons on a far off moon of Cybertron they get into uh, memories of their first combining and the enigma of a combination at at that and how that whole thing came across. And of course, uh, Wheeljack is there and Termagix uh, is there and their part in that whole story. And it looks like this, um, it's not a one and done. It's uh, I'm not sure if this is, I think this is a mini series. I'm not sure though. Uh, Or it could be, um, it could be an ongoing that just starting off with them because there is someone in the shadows that's kind of eyeing the Constructicons and seems to have plans for them okay. uh, going forward. But yeah, like I said, this whole issue has pretty much been like a memory of their, their first combination, um, which is some interesting, uh, uh, interesting bit to to have, you know, for those, you know, interested in this Transformers lore. It is definitely steeped in, kind of sort of what's been going on well not necessarily steeped in what's going on in the current book but it is you can see some shades of that coming off of it so it is definitely in that same vein um and two other things actually i didn't get a chance to read but i want to actually bring this up okay i was just gonna say 
What's that? Because yeah, I thought no. you were going to rap, but okay. Well, cool. I'm an AM because these ain't going to take but a, but a second. So I know okay. Moon Girl Endeavor Dinosaur's last issue is this week. I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but that is out there. And there is another book that. Wait, can- they finished with 47? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was kind of. They didn't even make it. They didn't try to make it to 50. That's sad. It doesn't seem. Yeah, no, that, that was the thing. Well, and I mean, and there is technically it's probably more than 50 considering I think there was a change of volume, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, but still, yeah, for this volume, they could have could have done that. But although uh, I guess maybe they'll have an odd number of issues in a trade, you know, one of those kids trades. Quite possibly. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but I saw that mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'll at least, I'll at least mention it. Because um, sure. I know I'm a, I was kind of a few issues behind on it. Um, and there is another book. Now, granted, this one is a more of a mature book, so I don't suggest this for the kids. And I haven't read it yet, but it seems like an interesting premise. Uh, it's called SFSX, SFSX, which is, I guess, this is also called Safe Sex Number One. Okay. Um, it is being written by uh, an erotic writer, Tina Horn, who teams up with Michael Downing. I'm reading this from Comicsology. Uh, it's a social thriller about sex, love, and torture that reads like sex criminals and Gilead crossed with uh, Ocean's Eight with Sunstone Twists, which part of that for me is like, all right, I'm down with it. Uh, and according to this, it says in a draconian America where sexuality is bu- uh, bureaucratized and policed, a group of queer sex workers keep the magic alive in an underground club called the Dirty Mind. Uh, using their unique bondage skills, they resolve to infiltrate the mysterious government pleasure centers, free their friends and fight the power. So you can kind of get a sense of some of this might slightly be tinged out of uh, actual current day going on, goings on. But um, from what I've skimmed through it, it actually th- there is actually something interesting outside of some of the underpinnings that may have uh, called out to, you know, in my description of it. Mm-hmm. But it, again, I will say this is an adult adult book, so this is oh, it definitely, definitely is. I just flipped through it. Yeah, this is definitely not something for the kids. But at the same time, there there is seem to be some meat there uh, to hold. No pun interest. intended. Oh yes. no. Outside of that, there is more. There is more outside of what the the, the sexual connotations uh, they go into. So, if you are so inclined, maybe check this out if you are of age. All and right. now we can go to the clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. And we already have two from our erstwhile companions. Uh, Dirt has the terrific number twenty, and I still need to catch up on this series. Right, he has a she, he has an explanation. Yes, he um, does. For this because we did not, none, uh, neither of us read this. So let me just pull this up very quickly. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Here, I got it right um, here. Um, all right. Okay. So you want to read it? Go ahead. Um, he basically says, because um, I have to go with the terrific says, click. What starts out as a fairly straightforward battle between the terrifics and the evil Bizarro universe team of the terribles turn into a full on time traveling caper where they're all in the same place, but time is traveling all around them. Uh, 90s callbacks lead to 80s flashbacks, which lead to the inevitable complaints about the 60s hippies and the overwhelming smell of patchouli oil. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Turk. Um, I know that's in the book, though. Uh, and in the midst of all of this, Mr. Terrific's T-ship becomes a 1980s icon of five lions combined into fir- one giant robot. Nice. With a... Really? Sound- <laughs> Apparently. Oh, with a- 
man's legs. <laughs> With a subtle name change to keep the lawyers at bay. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That It was a lot more fun than I expected because I usually get a headache from comics filled with bizarro dialogue. Okay. Which, yeah, that, that does get a little, could get a little tiring. But so now I am doubly have to catch up with this book because I am interested in seeing that. <laughs> All righty. Uh, and for Tim, we have Powers of 10, aka Powers of X, number five. That he didn't really give that much of a. Sure, says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, mercy. I mean, to be fair, it was, for for what it was, it was actually a pretty good book. So, um, I don't know. I feel like we're going to be talking about this at the end of the year. Although, I don't know, that's going to have to, we have to talk about that in a couple of months. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, do, wait, do we give, do we give both those books together? Like, do we treat them both as one or do we do one or the other for the, whatever, whatever lasting. Right. Lasting as they're, book? as they're essentially like partner books. Right. And it's kind of hard to do that specifically with this one. Like the Avengers was at least a little easier. Anyway, uh, what's your click? I'm going to go with powers of 10 number five as well. Okay. Solid. Solid. And for myself, I think, Hmm. I don't know. Um, Hmm. I am stumbled, actually. Um, I made, and I don't want to say begrudgingly because that sounds harsh, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Avengers Loki Unleashed. Okay. Weirdly enough. Like I said, where whatever is going to come out of that from whatever little tidbits kind of seemingly, seemingly got thrown out there at random, I do hope it actually does come up like I believe it is because that's they they feel like they're going a long way to kind of put something out there and just leave it there. Um, and it was you know kind of fun for what it was, even though it felt like it was just in service, just just putting something out there to come back to later, which sometimes these books do. I understand. Uh, and with that, we get into an ad read. First ad read. All right. Our first ad read of the night is for My Comic Shop. Today's podcast is sponsored by My Comic Shop. Go to cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store when you can order your books online? My Comic Shop through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we start off as we do each week with the cinematic news. And guess what, folks? Disney Plus public pre-orders are open, but without deep bundle discounts. So if you missed out on the deal that we talked about, I believe, last week. Right. Too bad, so sad. However, you can uh, still get in to uh, Disney Plus, but at the regular price of $6.99 per month, a.k.a. 70 bucks a month. 
which right. you know not bad but that that deal that was like for three years that shaved off a little bit off um a little bit more off it's a little bit better did you partake i sure did did you right no um, I'm still not sure how what I'm going to do with the Hulu and ESPN Plus. Um, mm. Whether or not I'm going to bundle that together, and that bundle is not available until launch. Ah, I see. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that because they because that deal was basically just for uh, the the just the standard uh, Disney Plus thing, and I kind of right. I, I kind of felt like that was like that's a surprise that they didn't just throw the other bundle out there. Right. So the, the, the bundle that involves Hulu and, and ESPN Plus, it will not be available until launch in November. But I also suspect that's probably a reason for that, because, I mean, Hulu is kind of sort of its own thing, despite right. its connections. Right. So I suspect that was a, on purpose, because they know a lot of people would probably want to get that for the sure. Hulu part, and therefore they can get a little bit more out of it. Right. So... But yeah, and there's also, if you're still, as the president says here, uh, if you're still not sure about that service at the start, there will be a, a this customer seven-day free trial. But I feel like there's a lot of people, there's enough people that's on it and have already signed up for it, you know, <laughs> way ahead to where it's like, well, then you either know you're going to get into it or you don't. You know? Right. So anyway, moving right along. All right, next up, Disney originally passed on Marvel for being too edgy. Uh, CEO Michael Eisner. Back when Disney was run by... Uh, well, actually, no, this is from uh, uh, Bob Iger, who revealed that Michael Eisner once said that it was too edgy. Which, I that's weird. That I don't know. That's the whole thing, especially coming from Eisner. But then again, as you see Eisner, or you remember, if anybody remembers seeing Eisner in front of those Disney things, he doesn't seem like the... I don't think, yeah, I was about to say, I think that definitely sounds like his sensibility. Yeah, kind of, because it was like he did, there was a, a bit of conservatism coming off him at the time. But at the same time, it's like, it's a comic book. How is that? Yeah, right. I don't know. Well, remember when this was, I mean, this was, I don't know when uh, when in Marvel publishing this was, right. but there was a time when, you know, the stuff that Marvel was putting out, maybe Disney didn't necessarily want to have uh, associated with their brand. True. I don't like I said just for but then you know, I'm also you know, grim and gritty '90s. I think of you know right, yeah. But at the same time, it's like well, at the same, you know, I'm like well, coming from this side, I'm like it's easy for me to say that, given you know, especially knowing what seemed to be the sensibilities of you know them at the time or that that company at the time, right? So, but is it kind of interesting to know? And now look at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Marvel's Ghost Rider live action series not going forward at Hulu, sadly. Hey, boo! Yes, Hulu has opted not to proceed with uh, Marvel's Ghost Rider. It's planned live action series with Gabriel Luna. So I guess they're still doing Hellstrom? Yes. So Marvel's Hellstrom is still on track, but Ghost Rider's is. The pattern is full, apparently. Jeez. Which also I forgot to mention earlier. Um, it, I was um, speaking of Ghost Rider and Avengers Twenty Four. In real life, there was this truck I passed uh, earlier uh, today called Ghost Rider Transport, and I was like, "Huh, clearly I must need to read that book first for some strange reason because it was an omen." But turned out not really. But it was just a truck 
You know, it was just a tow truck, basically, with a couple of cars on it. Okay. The guy's head was not flaming, also. None of the, none of the truck was flaming, so it just happened to be interestingly named. Anywho, next up. Alrighty, uh, Spider-Verse Spider-Ham is going to swing back into action in a zany new animated shorts, and probably not our first Spider-Ham news this week. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's a short movie entitled Caught in a Ham. Lord. Boom, boom. Seriously. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's that. Interesting. I'm getting a message from somebody. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I believe this is going to be on the... No, this is not. Um, I think this is on their YouTube page or something. Okay. Yeah, Spider-Man is back. Yeah, it's on its way to... It's, uh, it's on YouTube. Um, because I forgot uh, Into the Spider-Verse is out, so it couldn't be on the DVD. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be on um, Far From Home. Although they could do that who knows anyway it's out there so go check that out and i'm sure there's more plans for the ham uh, sony spider-man universe has madam web movie in development hey, boo! <laughs> so sony spider-man movie universe is developing a spider uh, madam web film with morbius writers matt sazima and burke sharpless set to tackle the script I don't really know what to say about that. Can move on. Just uh, why? Why? Okay. Why? Okay. <clears throat> so, as if we did not have enough Kevin Feige in our lives, huh? uh, Marvel's Kevin Feige is developing a new movie for Disney related to Star Wars. Hmm. So, could this be a Star Wars? Uh, well, I mean, technically, I already have that, but uh, a, a Star Wars um, cinematic universe. <laughs> My, I mean, like, are, I we go, are we are we actually going to start getting movies where they're going to have a um, end credit scenes going into the next movie? Now, that would be funny. That would um, be. It would be an interesting way to keep people coming back. They did, um, they did pull back on their production schedule because of the somewhat muted reception that Solo and um, Rogue One and. Um, what else was there? Um, wait, uh, Force Awakens? Are you talking about? Uh, I guess Force Awakens falls in that too. Kind of muted response, but I, I, I think of uh, the, um, the 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 uh, the in between movies. You know, the prequels and the and the. Um, oh, I mean, Solo and Solo and uh, Rogue One were the only ones. Right, that's what I'm thinking of. So, you know, the somewhat muted audience response. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's probably I don't know. Whatever. There's probably something to it, but not as much as people want to believe. Right, I'll put it that way. I don't know. Like I said, yeah, Solo specifically did not did not um, did not fare well with some people's in their mind, but at the same time, it did do that bad. Mm-hmm. I think uh, in the box office, from what I'm understanding. Anyway, there is a will time will tell as to see, as to how this is gonna what's, what's gonna happen with this, and we will keep you abreast, surely. Uh, Smallville's Lois Lane joined CW's Crisis on Infinite Earth. So, yes, folks, Erica Durance, um, who played uh, Lois Lane in Smallville, will be there for the Crisis of Infinite Earth. Um, 
uh, Miss Durant was also on Supergirl not too long ago as um as a, I believe um uh, Supergirl's mom, if I'm not mistaken. I do remember watching it at the time. But so yes, yeah, so she'll, she'll be back for the crossover. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to take these next uh, three. All right. Uh, who won't be coming back for the the uh, crossover is one Michael Rosenbaum, also of Smallville. So apparently um, on Twitter, Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor on um, Smallville, by the way, also, um, if I'm not mistaken, voice Flash in Justice League. Yes. Um, and he does host several podcasts, actually. And yes, several, he does. At least a couple. Right. Uh, so on Twitter, he explained that his decision to uh, to not take part of the Arrowverse crossover was because basically, uh, let's see. Let's see, Warner Brothers reached to, reached to him while he was in Florida visiting his grandfather. Which, hey, I just, was just in Florida myself. His grandfather in a nursing home. Uh, the pitch wasn't the most enticing offer, as Rosenbaum recounts. Their offer, no script. No idea what I'm doing. No idea what I'm shooting. Basically, no money. And the real kick in the ass, uh, we have to know now. And he says, my answer, my simple answer was pass. Wow. So, and I think he goes on to say in his tweet, uh, I think you can understand why. I hope this answers all of your questions. Lovingly, Rosenbaum. Sure. So, yeah, because if, I mean, if this is the case, it sounds like, well, they're just making up, they, they, they sound like, I mean, and this is me speculating, they're just making up uh, something, a reason for him to get be there and not necessarily have already had anything set. Sure. Because I know that like people have been wanting like the Smallville people to be a part of the crossover since pretty much everybody else is. So I, I kind of wonder if that's if there is actually some truth to that. Is like their, you know, their inclusion was kind of a last minute decision. Speculation on my part, mind you, but some of this kind of leaves credence to that. Anywho, that's that. That's sad, but it is what it is. Totally understand. Um, Linda Carter may reprise Wonder Woman for Crisis on Infinite Earths, however. Um, Linda Carter also, um, you know, iconic. <laughs> it goes without saying. But also, um, fairly recently on did a stint on um, Supergirl as the president of the United States. Still looking pretty good, too. Anywho, so yeah, sounds like she may be playing a Wonder Woman um uh, in the crisis on infinite earth. It's just, just a report. We don't know that for certain, but you know, I, I'm down with it. That works. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, um, every character confirmed for crisis on infinite earths. So there's a, um, you know, a rundown of who is, who's going to be there. Who's not going to be there. You can read that for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of people. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And if you're, if you're watching the video, you can see me scrolling through. So, oh right, John Cryer's on Lex on Supergirl's Lex Luthor. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So a bunch of folks, including Burt Ward uh, and uh, uh, Kevin Conroy. So it's definitely going to be a spectacle for certain. Next up. All right, so CW is developing a Birds of Prey-type Arrow spinoff. Um, 
It's going to be set in the future of Star City. Um, <laughs> they've and already done that on. show. <laughs> What's that? I said, they've already done that show. Right. And focuses on a character, Mia Smoke, taking up the mantle of the Green Arrow alongside Laurel Lance and Dinah Drake. Okay. Sure. So I assume this is not going to be so. And I make a joke, but it actually they actually have done a show of that because if some folks may remember, there was a Birds to Prey show from the early nineties with a rather low budget, but there was some in sort of future. Actually, I'm not sure whether they were they were in Star City or not, but it was some future version of uh, the Birds of Prey. It is out there on DC Universe if you are so inclined. And I know they did do a kind of Birds of Prey like um, episode of Arrow fairly recently, so it's probably kind of coming sort of off of that. And uh, yeah, it says here the series reported to launch out of a backdoor pilot in one of Arrow's final episodes, and will be produced by the folks who are doing all that stuff. No projected premiere date though, so whether that happens, we'll see. Next, uh, the Batman targets Jeffrey Wright as commun- Commissioner Gordon. So, sure. Westworld star uh, with Jeffrey Wright is in negotiations to play Commissioner Gordon, the classic ally to the Dark Knight, in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Robert Pattinson is headlining to, you know, who he's going to be. So, sure. Why not? Hey, Jeffrey Wright's a good actor. I'm not, he may possibly be wasted on that role. That's just me. But hey, if you can get him, get him. Next. Depends on, it depends on. Um, the story that they tell with Gordon. Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're just sort of used to seeing Gordon, you know, as like a really tertiary figure, but there are Batman stories that have him as a, as a real, um, co-star. So dude, GCPD, you cowards. <laughs> Actually, I still haven't finished reading that book, but Hey, from what I read, it's, it's worth, worth, it's good. So Actually, they kind of sort of tried story. that with Gotham, but they, they didn't really, go that route yeah so eh. next up next story is uh titans season two set photo reveals brenton thwaites the actor who portrays the former robin as uh nightwing so that's pretty cool but are we getting disco nightwing no we're getting modern yeah i was about to say according to this picture you're not getting disco nightwing (laughs) i saw yes as you can see in the picture you see which is kind of funny because I think the, whoever took this picture would deliberately got his ass, got a, got a butt shot, which there's been a lot of butt shots of Nightwing uh, on Twitter and whatnot. So th- that is a thing that is a thing. That's funny. But we also got one Starfire. But hey, hey. anyway, um, so yeah, Nightwing's coming. Go figure. It's no surprise there. Um, Mark Hamill shows shares sweet tribute to Kevin Conroy. And I saw this article. I was like, wait, is Kevin Conroy doing it? Dead? Oh, no. But no. Uh, Mark Hamill shares sweet tribute to Kevin Conroy for Batman Day, which Bat- Batman Day was um, a couple of days ago. Yeah, the 21st. So happy Batman Day. Uh, so yeah, Mark Hamill took the to, took to Twitter and says uh, it's Batman Day 2019, celebrating 80 years of everyone's favorite rodent-themed mask uh, vigilante. For me, that means it's also real Kevin Conroy Day. Uh, my partner in crime, my one and only Cape Crusader since 1992. Mad love to you, Batsy. Which you can hear that him saying that in, in Joker voice and hashtag uh, still joking after all these years. And there's a bunch of a couple of pictures, you know. Um, 
with Hamill and Conroy and their characters. That's cute. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up, um, Hasbro's Micronauts toy line <laughs> is going to receive a feature film reboot from How to Train Your Dragon filmmaker Dean DeBlois, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, he's going to write and direct Micronauts based on the 70s toy line, which was in turn based on a Japanese toy line called Microman. And uh, the toys later spawned a Marvel comic book. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure. It doesn't say in this article, but I know Hasbro has been trying to get their cinematic universe off the ground with G.I. Joe, Transformers, Micronauts, ROM, etc. Mask. Uh, hey, whether this is still going to be a part of that, it does not say here. But apparently there's um, <clears throat> a June 4th. They have an, a theatrical date here lined up. Uh, and the film will be produced through Hasbro's AllSpark Productions, which if you don't know what AllSpark is at this point, hey, I don't know what to say about you. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, but anyway, Keanu Reeves has already read the Matrix 4 script and says, it's very ambitious. That's that's my Keanu Reeves. That's a terrible one, I admit that. But, you know, I could have just said, whoa. So anyway, yeah, so it says here, Keanu Reeves has set the internet on fire again uh, over the past year with a slew of amazing, I wouldn't say amazing performances, let's let's get a little hyperbolic here. Uh, Viral fan interactions and surprise appearances. Recently, it has has happened again when it was revealed that uh, not only it was a fourth film in the Matrix series in the works, but that Reeves would be reprising his role as Neo. It uh, says here that uh, on Tuesday, Reeves joined his sister, Karina Miller, uh, producer Karina Miller, excuse me, at a special screening of Miller's new drama, Simplify, in Los Angeles. And the doers stopped to talk to e- E.T. Uh, on the red carpet. It says here, Reeves played a little coy, but blah, blah, blah. He just said what he said, what I said he said earlier. So, Okay. And he says, well, it's very ambitious as it should be. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true. So, hey, there you go. There's a script. Keanu's read it. Wow. Next up, in some sad news. Yeah, so uh, to wrap up our cinematic news for the week, we uh, are sad to share this particular news. Um, actor Aaron or Aaron Eisenberg um, of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, unfortunately passed away earlier this week. Um at the age of at the young age of fifty, yes. um, he played Nog yes, he from uh, you know a Ferengi a for a young Ferengi um, on um, on Deep Space Nine who Deep Space Nine who eventually grows into um, a fine young man who wants to become a Starfleet officer and eventually makes it so and does Un- and loses his leg the, yes and loses his leg in the process but that's right. neither he uh, he unfortunately goes into um, uh, you know, he, he's involved in the Dominion War at the end of that, uh, towards the end of that run. So, guess what, folks? DS9, you you are not surprised to hear me say this. DS9 is a great show. You should watch yes. it if you're so inclined. But yes, DS9 is worth the rewatch. It's 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 sad that it took this news for me to pull this up on Netflix. It is on Netflix, ladies and gentlemen, and just start to binge a couple of episodes here and there. I got through like two or three a night 
um, for Wait, the are last you starting? Night. I meant to ask you, are you actually starting from the beginning, from yes. season one? Okay. All the way from one. Sure. All the way from one. One has a guest appearance by Picard in the Enterprise yes. because of uh, because they're uh, dropping off Chief O'Brien. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah. And some um, contention between uh, Cisco and um, Picard because of uh, Picard's, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, the, the, the whole locutus thing. Yes. So being locutus of Borg has an impact on Ben Cisco. So. Yeah, spoiler alert. You know, he, he you know, he lost someone very dear and blames Picard. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not that it was Picard's fault. <laughs> well, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yes, it wasn't directly Picard's fault because he was being controlled, so. Yeah, I mean, you know. He, it, we can't it, leave her! Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, some of it, some of some of um, some of uh, um, 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 Cisco's. I mean, uh, um, yeah, some of uh, uh, I'm drawing on black. Yeah, there's a scene. There's a scene where, um, uh, as part of uh, you know, spo- mild, mild spoiler alert for a TV show that's 20 plus years old, right? <laughs> um, uh, Cisco has to deal with. Um, uh, I forget what they are. The the Bajor, the Bajoran gods or spirits or whatever. Oh yeah, the the um the uh, right. And they ask him to explain baseball, and even I was just like, oh no, baseball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and why is Cisco like dressed up like he's playing with a bunch of nineteen twenties Black Sox era? You oh know, man, like, that look that baseball episode is great. I don't care. Like eight man out. No, but I'm just saying, like he's you know, it's like a bunch of white dudes in like old school. I'm just like they couldn't find more modern looking baseball. Well, no, because for him that is the era of baseball that he he. I mean, that's yeah. There's a in in canon reason why that was, I believe, because that was kind of the. And he was also big on like the, the Negro leagues and that kind of stuff. So okay. it was that era. Yeah, I mean, of, I don't um, exactly. I don't. I don't recall which is a good reason to go back. Yeah. So that, I believe that is was also brought up. That may have also been brought up. I can't remember. But yeah, that was kind of weird at first. But once you put it in context, you know, the the context of that, like, that makes sense. So sure. I mean, he so, was he's basically a big baseball nerd. Gotcha. Well, that I know. Yeah. I mean, I even I even um, took to Brent to having a, a baseball on a little mount um, on my desk in honor of uh, nice. Captain Commander, then Captain Cisco. Yes. Uh, shout out and to I still, do it to, I still do it to this day. So right. So when they take over your when they take over your space station and then you leave it there and then you have to get it back in so you can so you can get back to it. You would, of course. People know why. I got it. Of course. Uh, do you have anything else? <laughs> No, I, I mean it, it's a sad loss, you know. And apparently, um, he is left by his um, his wife. Um, wait, were they married? Because I think they were going to get a yeah, yes. wife and two sons. Yes, uh, and uh, he had had um, you know he had had some hospitalizations, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah, he had two kidneys transplants, uh, and most recently in 2015. And uh, you know, his wife goes on to say that yeah, we didn't officially uh, announce that we'd eloped on. Uh, you know, uh, back in 2018, and mm-hmm. they were hoping to have a big celebration, but had to save up the weapon money because of you know, his uh, hospital stuff. But you know, it was a beautiful sentiment sentiment by her. So, um, sure. condolences to her and her family. And you know, it is definitely a loss. Cause I, at first, it was like Nog. I, Nog was kind of you know because he and Jake was like the kids, and they were kind of kids. Mm-hmm. So, and that kind of. Braddy, so I know, but they both kind of grew. 
and grew on folks, you know, but the dynamic between them and between, you know, like Cisco and them. And it was, was great. And like I said, Nog ended up being a, a better character than, than they had him start off with. So, Definitely. So, and yeah, it sounds like he was well liked by, you know, by a, there's not a bad thing to say about him, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So, so, so just, yeah, I was about to say in, in remembrance and in honor of uh, Nog, who was a character who, you know, he was, um, you know, he, he definitely traveled. He, he traveled one of the furthest character arcs. He has an arc. Has, in that show. Mm. So, you know, um, it's not evident early on, but it becomes evident later on. I'm still in the whole, oh my God, I can't remember why. I, I can totally remember why. What season I are you in? It. Are you What's still that? in first season? Yeah, I'm still, I'm on like episode okay. six or seven. You know, like I said, like two or three a night for the last couple right. of nights. Oh, so, so you I'm, haven't done move, away, move Along Home yet. I'm sorry? I said you haven't done Move Along Home yet. Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, that's one that people don't too much care for. Um, right, the first and, season. and and uh, what you call it? Um, um, what was I going to say? Um, I, I, it's not important, but uh, just in in his in his honor, uh, we'll just play a little snippet of the Deep Space Nine theme. All right, yeah. Like, like the second season, around the end of the the, the end of this, um, the end of that season, when Hawk comes out, uh, they get the well, say Hawk comes out, they get the Defiant. I think that might be the season three, or no, because they get it in season two, I believe. The Defiant comes, Hawk comes out, and the war starts up in, in total. It so gets so good. But I was about to say, when does Worf get introduced in the beginning of season two? I want to say is that or somewhere in the middle. I believe that sounds right. I can't remember. Okay, when I don't out. remember either. So yeah, some of that kind of it's like some of the first couple of seasons kind of blur together because it's mm-hmm. like, well, shoot, everybody was just there by that time. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway. Uh, so now we're, I, going I just to- miss, I, I miss, um, chief O'Brien calling the Cardassians Cardies. Cardies. Yeah. You know, they did, they did, O'Brien's so wrong, and they admit it. They they did that purposefully. They did O'Brien so wrong on that show. Like well, they were well, uh, how so? They were if you like if you take a just take a notice. All of the ones that feature him, um, mm-hmm. they're always just just fucking with him. And I think that was I want to say there's a story that's like yeah they just they they did that intentionally. They were just any story they got in Brian that that involved uh, O'Brien because they wanted to just just fuck with him. Like just have him get into all kind of stuff, you know. Oh, like kind of funny or no? Odd just like no, nah, just like hey, just, just put him, just put him in whatever kind of situations. Okay. Yeah. Just because he was the one character we all knew. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember what the reason was for it, but it's uh, but yeah, but I think the uh, showrunners was like, oh yeah, no, we we totally you know <laughs> wanted to mess with O'Brien. For what it was, and apparently we got a. Um, I missed this in chat. Uh, someone saying, someone said that uh, Crisis is going to be awesome. Talking about Crisis on Infinite uh, Earths, because we were talking okay. about it earlier. So, on television, apologies. yeah. So, my apologies for for missing that. Uh, for this person, uh, have fun with that. I mean, you know, some of those crossovers are actually not bad. They haven't been bad so far. So, I, you know, I can. Uh, 
I think, imagine this is probably going to be one of the last, given that one of the shows, or, or one or two of the shows are starting to go off the air. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, we are going to get into the comic book news. But first, I want to at least mention this one thing in the clickbait section, which was uh, an interview with the cast of Teen Titans, a.k.a. Teen Titans, also Teen Titans Go, uh, because of the movie that is, I think, coming out, if not out, I believe. So basically, yeah, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans cast on returning to their original roles. I mean, it's the same cast that played both. Right. So they're just reminiscing on, you know, them playing the Teen Titans versions of themselves. You know, it's a, it's a cool article. You should go check them out. And sure. again, there is the, like I said, the Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans movie that is, I think, coming out. Sure, I plan on it. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, the movie is available Tuesday, so, so it's already out on digital. And on October 15th, it'll be out on Blu-ray. So Is it on the uh, the DC app? I don't believe so. Okay. It doesn't, and it doesn't say here whether it's going to, I would imagine at some point it's going to be, but I don't think it's there mm-hmm. yet. Um, I'm just going to look real quick while we go on to the comic book news. Uh, oh man, All right. Show. Scrolling, uh, scrolling, okay. scrolling, get to comic news. All right. So uh, for his Tony Stark, Iron Man. I scrolled too far. I'm scrolling back up. For his Tony Stark Iron Man finale, Jim Zub unleashes Ultron. So, um, As if you know, kind of a, yeah, kind of what I was mentioning um, uh, in la- uh, in in our discussion of last week's issue. Um, yeah, it was um, Zub's finale, uh, scripting over Dan Slott's plots, leaving him to clear the decks for his new gig. So um, the stage is set for the upcoming Ultron agenda, and Zub uh, talked to Newsarama apparently about um, uh, about his plans. Right, worth noting. I believe we've already talked about this, but uh, Tony Stark Iron Man is is um, is uh, ending on in uh, issue twenty. Right. So this is basically leading up to that. Um, well, yeah, there's that. You can go check a, check a look at that. Uh, Captain America's newest enemy is toxic ma- ma- masculinity. We've kind of talked about it because it's for, well, we didn't mention that, but it is for this week's Captain America, uh, which you, uh, you read yourself. Yes. So, yeah, and apparently uh, the Watchdogs, as you said, a return, and I get, I'm going to assume that it has to do with that. Well, yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. You know, the Watchdogs are... You know, like I said, taking on a lot of the issues of today, they've been morphed into a, a group that are dealing with a lot of that stuff. This week was um, uh, human trafficking, and uh, but there is um, uh, an overarching um, issue of toxic masculinity as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching the video, you can see uh, one panel from said book. Yes, that's from this week's book. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Captain Britain, Spider-Gwen, and more join Marvel 2099 variants. Uh, which on hindsight, I probably could put, put, put this in the variant section, but that's all right. We're going to be all right. Uh, so the Marvel Universe is revisiting everyone's favorite dystopian future this November, and we're gearing up with these stunning 2099 variants from a bunch of books, uh, including Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Black Cat, um, Captain America, Excalibur number two, which is going to be out. Uh, X Men to Valkyrie, etc., etc., etc. And uh, if you are watching the video, you can see 
the variants in question. Some of them which look pretty good. Okay. I don't know. I'm excited for that Excalibur book, but at the same time, it's not a classic team, so I'm like, uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Anywho, that is that. Next up. Um, uh, yeah, so Hasbro announced the new Star Wars Black Series uh, Luke Skywalker uh, figure, which is going to be available to fans at select conventions in the UK and Europe. Uh, starting with Berlin Comic Con in Germany, it's going to be available in North America as well. Uh, the video, if, for those of you who are watching uh, the video on YouTube, uh, you can see that the model of the figure is actually post episode four. Well, not you know, not only that, but it's it is specifically from the comic book uh, from the uh, the the um, the Jason Aaron. Uh, well, I guess it is still currently running, but it is, it is definitely the current uh, Marvel comic version of uh, Luke Skywalker. Right. But it's a post episode four look with the jacket, the boots, the. Sure. You know, it's in between. It's before uh, Empire. Sure. So, yeah, you can see, and it even has the. Um, if you're looking, it even has um, a version of the first cover of Star Wars number one as the, right. uh, as the front cover. So, cool. Sweet. Um, speaking of Star Wars, new Star Wars merch gets revealed this Thursday. Wait, this Thursday? I guess so. That's this. That's today, actually, as we were today, recording. As we're filming, yeah. Usually they do that. Well, so it says, oh, new, uh, new Star Wars merch gets revealed this Thursday during Force Friday live stream, which that's what threw me off because normally they actually usually do those on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's usually if you don't know, that's usually um, when, as the name says, there are a lot of uh, Star Wars merch gets uh, announced and revealed on a live stream. Usually, I want to say wait during like celebration or something like that, or they did they used to do it during like celebration. Uh, but I guess they just broke that off into a thing because this is stuff that is you know up on upcoming. So, and in fact, there's even a link to said uh, video. Um, and it looks like there's going to be, see, the event will be streamed. Yeah, Thursday, September 26th, which was earlier today as of time of this recording at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, it was uh, from streamed from Pinewood Studios in London. And guests include Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, Junis Sutamo, Kerry Russell, Naomi Aki, Kelly Marie Tran, um, and of course the cast of uh, The Mandalorian, um, Pedro Pascal, and Gina Carano. So, oh, and of course, well, not and of course, and Cameron Monaghan from uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is the uh, video game that is upcoming. So, yeah, a bunch of folks come in as, as. Tends to happen. A bunch of toys get get revealed, and Star Wars fans go bananas. So I'm pretty sure they already have, and there's probably some stuff that's already been released that I haven't seen yet. So I'm pretty sure next week will there may be more news on what else outside of that Luke Skywalker one. Sure. Next, uh, next up, a new hacker hero arises in a new look inside the next Comicsology original Quarter Killer. 
I'm trying to pull up the page, but apparently last month, Comixology announced that throughout September, it would drop four brand new miniseries in its ongoing creator-owned original series line. So we've got an exclusive look at the first, uh, the next miniseries uh, kicking off in just a week's time, the cyberpunk hackstravaganza Hoarder Killer. Yeah, that actually came out this week. That is out today, or as uh, excuse me, this week. So right. if you are a part of uh, Comicsology Unlimited, you can read that for free. Just so noticeable. Just so you notice. Um, I don't seem like Vida uh, Alaya, you know, and Danny Lord are doing the writing and art from Jimmy Jones and Ryan Ferrer, Ferrier. Excuse me. So it's a uh, quarter killer follows the mysterious hectivist for hire Quentin Kidd, a.k.a. QK. Uh, former covert worker who now fights the system. Quentin takes jobs are the only pays in one of the last untraceable currency left in our dystopian society's quarters. Hence the name okay. quarter killer. So, and as you can see, uh, I'm assuming there's going to be some um, arcade action. Oh, huh. happy 25th birthday oh, to the, the Star Trek's Defiance, by the way. The lean, mean starship of Deep Space Nine. That was also just happened to be on the same page as this uh, as this article. I love the Defiant. Defiant is also, that's an awesome ship. Just so you know. Okay. Uh, I'll put well, that in okay. the in the show notes. But until then, next up, uh, Quantum and Woody not returning. Sure cat is whispering, but okay. Wait, what? <laughs> What's that? So not. Sure. Uh oh. Hello. You're breaking up. Oh, no. Not again. Okay, well, he's broken up, and I don't know, and he's frozen. So I'm just going to go keep on going. Quantum and Woody returning in 2020 from Valiant. Uh, Valiant Comics has released an image teasing the return of Quantum and Woody next year. Uh, The image simply bears the line, we're going to be superheroes again, Woody. Uh, and was issued with the hashtag uh, Valiant2020. Of course, what we're seeing, so this, if you're watching the video, you'll see a similar image that says, we're going to be superheroes again, Quantum, and it's uh, attributed to Woody. So I guess they said it to each other. Uh, but it says the publisher gave no other information on Quantum Woody's return or indication of when, except for uh, New York Comic Con is coming. So therefore... Probably we'll get more of it then. We shall see. Uh, next up, Shelley Bond's Black Crown imprint at IDW closes, sadly. Um, let's see. It says here that the decision comes after its most recent series, Marilyn Manor, was canceled after the first issue and several other titles were pushed back on IDW's publishing schedule. So that's sad. Um, I feel like we were just talking about uh, Shelly Bond's imprint um, recently. I'm not sure what, what, what led us to that. But um, if you didn't know, uh, April 2017 was when Black Crown started and uh, uh, and came off of uh, the Black Crown Quarterly, which was an anthology, and also Femme Magnifique. Um but over the course of two years, uh, they published over two dozen creator-owned titles. So, 
it's sad when in the print comes on. Hopefully, you know, she and crew will um, will be able to bounce into some more stuff. I see. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Major thanks to IDW Chief Creative Officer Ryan uh, Chris Royale and everyone at IDW who gave us an incredible opportunity to produce such vivid original stories. Bond told Newsarama. Uh, Philip and I are extremely proud of the nine series and killer creative teams who made Black Crown unlike any other curated imprint. Viva Comics! So, yeah, like I said, hopefully we will see more from them to, to come. Uh, well, while um, Agent 70 gets, comes back into the fold, I will go on to Harley Quinn's tragic, villainous life explored and humanized in Stepan Sedgwick's. I really I apologize if I butchered his name. I do love your artwork. So, Harleen, which came out this week and I didn't get a chance to read. Um, so, let's see, this book is Sajik's uh, debut as a writer for DC, combining writing talent. He developed on image comics projects like Sunstone and Death Vigil. With artistic talent, he uh, established in books like Witchblade and Aquaman and also Sunstone, which if you are of a certain age, and uh, the, I should, well, Sunstone is a kind of an adult book. You should definitely go check that out if you are such that, but this is some really good stuff. There is more to it than what the premise would uh, suggest, and I enjoy it. Uh, let's see. Comparing his approach to the Michael Corleone story in the Godfather films, Cedric, uh said that he's not shying away from Harley as a villain, showing how, just like in the Corleone story, even the best intentions go wrong. And then the rest of it is uh, it's a three-issue miniseries, which started this week. So if you are a fan of Harley Quinn and want something... Uh, wants an interesting take on the character. You may want to check this out. So we haven't had, didn't have a chance to do so. Um. Yeah. Anyway, DC reveals new Batman creative team. So apparently, uh, starting in January with Batman's uh, number eighty-six. The new writer on the series will be none other than James Tinian IV. Uh, you know, Tinian IV has written Detective Comics previously, as well as other stuff uh, for DC, so he's no stranger to the bat. Uh, let's see. It says, yeah, Tinian will succeed writer Tom King, who is set to exit the book following the conclusion of City of Bane story uh, arc in Batman number 85. King's overarching story. Well, we know he's got his uh, Batman Catwoman book that's coming in uh, January. Uh, so, see, John Antonian will be ten, will be penciler Tony S. Daniel, who has previously served as both artist and writer on DC's mainline Batman book. So, both people, you know, no strangers to the Batman. So, I suppose people, people will or will not like that. <laughs> I don't know. People... Never mind, I'm going to start editorializing about people, how people care about Batman books. Um, Because that'll get into a whole nother thing. 
But uh, backing up Daniel on the art front will be inker Danny Mickey and colorist Tamu Moray. Um, again, more people who have worked on Batman stuff. So, cool. Next up, uh, for us, you wrestling fans out there, all whatever of you, DC and All Elite Wrestling Partner for Supervillain-themed weekend. So ahead of All Elite Wrestling's debut on TNT October, October 2nd, the promotion has revealed a new partnership with DC for what's being called a Supervillain Weekend, quote-unquote. Um, the AEW on TNT Twitter account shared artwork by Howard Porter and Hi-Fi Color, featuring AEW World Champion uh, Chris Jericho posing with his belt strapped around his shoulder. If you're watching the video, you can see said art piece of art. Um... So the artwork is captioned with a message, who can stop the champion? I am Chris Jericho. Um, stay tuned for more of our DC Comics collaboration and don't miss TNT drama Supervillain Weekend all weekend long this Friday, 27th through Sunday. So that is this weekend as the, of the, as of this, um, recording, which is the 26th. Yay. Wrestling. So yeah, some wrestling programming coming this weekend. I'm sure the 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 uh, wrestling folks amongst us will be all on top of that. And I know that's at least half this half the the normal panel. So go figure. Hit Girl season two just gave Mindy her very own army, and this is uh, spoilers for Hit Girl season two number eight, which is probably already out. Not sure, uh, but apparently Hit Girl gets um gets a squad, a big squad apparently. So she's going up against Triad um, and ends up inspiring a whole, um, a, a legion on the continent, which gives Mindy her own army. So cool. If you're um, checking out that book, then, hey, that's probably something you're looking forward to. Uh, let's see. The Catalyst Prime universe faces extinction in Gail Simone's Seven Days. So... I am admittedly a good bit of behind on the Lion Forge uh, Catalyst Prime books because, well, we don't really get them. Uh, we don't really get them for review copies, uh, or either we do and no one's put them in there, one or two. I don't know which one it is. More than likely, we're probably not getting them if I remember correctly. But. Uh, there is going to be an event called uh, Seven Days that is coming up, spearheaded by Gail Simone, who has, um, you know, who has been um, uh, is pretty much the head of that law, um, the, the, of that uh, imprint, or not necessarily imprint, but of that um, that um, section of the universe, um, as recent as the past year or so. So this has been leading up to uh, this event. Uh, and it says here, let's see, two years after the dawn of superheroes in the Catasprine universe, Lion Forge, heroes like Noble, Quinn, Credible, Excelled, and Summit are facing world-ending threat that will require each to work together if they hope to survive. Seven Days marks the whole line, the first line-wide event for the Catalyst Prime universe since its launch in 2016. And it's set around one question. If you had seven days until the world ended, what would you do? So, um, I personally... You know, since that uh, universe launched, there's been some things that's been kind of lingering there. 
uh, even with me being a lapsed reader, that I have been interested in finding some store, some some more stuff about. I don't know if this event is going to um, um, bring any of that up, but we'll, we'll see. But it says here on October second, writer Gail Simone and artist um, Jose Luis Jonas Trinidad Trin Trin Trinidad, excuse me. And Michelle Madsen will answer that question as the heroes of Catalyst uh, Prime try to save the world. In the first issue, CPU heroes uh, begin to encounter mysterious figures called named the Obsidian Men who start popping up all over the Earth. Uh, when their galactic leader arrives on Earth to give everyone one week to prefer with death, it's up to heroes like Noble, Astonisher, Summit, and Incidental to avert uh, extinction. This slightly sounds familiar. I, I mean, you know, it's comic book, so you know there is. Especially, it's a comic book event. This, I want to say, this sounds kind of like Zero Hour or or one of those type situations. Not, maybe not Zero Hour. I can't remember if it was Zero Hour or something. But there was there was a DC um, event that this kind of reminds me of. That might be it, and I'm just whatever. But hey, it could be interesting. Who knows? Uh, and I believe. That is it for. Yep, that is it for the comics uh, book news of the week. Uh, Agent Seventy is uh, still trying to get his his situation under control. So until then, I if he, I am going to find. Um, let me switch back over here and get. Uh, let's see, an ad read, because he usually does ads, and I don't have them in front of me right now. And I also don't have sound effects in front of me, so this is going to work out perfectly. Um, well, since we're here, I will do... The ad for Funko. Uh, Funko, f- fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles, apparel, and brand merchandise. And now, the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off of your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your order, first order, with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. Uh, from there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in offer code SHOP10 for your 10% discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today! And uh, with that, we come to the end of the show. And probably by the time uh, Agent 70 comes back. In fact, I'm going to... um, uh, There we go. There's no sense in, in waiting. So anyway, yes. So we'd like to thank you, each and every one of you, for coming out this here week. We will be here 
uh, every Thursday, as we tend to do, unless there's uh, either um, uh, movie protocol in effect or holidays, whatever the case may be. But uh, until then, I have been Rodicad. You can find me at Rodicad on Twitter at that. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter, um, at News Nurse Need Reddit. You can also check that out. Uh, and uh, CB Caps on Instagram. Shing! I should really, you know what? I don't know if you know if this is going to play. Let's do this real quick, shall we? There we go. For Agent 70, you can find him at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com and all of his umbrella sites therein. And of course, the Osiris does this ish. Tim D O G G 9 8. You can find him at that on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. TheClickNation.com. CB Cron, which is the uh, account for Comic Book Chronicles. And of course, you can find him at uh, Comic Book Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. Go get that man some clicks and, and whatnot. Read his stuff. Writes good stuff. Go check him out. Um, you can also find this here program on CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on, excuse me, Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, the Spotify, of course, and the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And of course, we'll be back next week. Like I said, same bat time, same bat channel. We usually record about nine ish, nine thirty ish Thursday, uh, Thursday night, Eastern time. You can catch us out on YouTube then, or you can check us the video, which normally should come out the day later on Friday, but that depends on when the network puts it out. So we like to say Friday, but who knows? Uh, And with that, folks, have a good week and a wonderful time. We will see you again next week. This has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Excuse me. Peace. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's it's Dr. Doom? What's on your head?